Hey everybody, welcome to Turn It Up, an intermittent podcast from Turning, your hybrid learning leader, celebrating the potential and the people behind effective hybrid learning solutions. Turning is committed to engaged and equitable learning for everyone, everywhere. So if you're an educator, student, trainer, a worker, or just an overall believer in equitable and engaged learning, you have come to the right place. Uh, we got another great show for you queued up today. A very special guest in Turning's own Chief Product Officer, Catherine Stewart. Catherine is at the vanguard of developing products and the, and the people behind those products that make Turning the hybrid learning leader. Um, any any bird people out there, if you ever like look up at the sky and you see those, I don't even know what kind, I'm not a bird person, but you know those birds that kind of fly in a V, you know, and there's always that one bird kind of in the front of the V? That's Catherine. Uh, her background has uh, deep roots in uh, publishing, education, technology, and entrepreneurship, uh, including uh, running a couple of very successful stints, uh, running, uh, not, not running stints, running companies <laughs> of her own, her own technology companies, uh, one of which actually brought her to turning. So, uh, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. So uh, she's joining us early today, all the way from the Bay Area, uh, home of my favorite high school band, Journey. Uh, so let's get right to it and uh, turn it up here with uh, Catherine Stewart. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Jeff. Uh, don't stop believing, right? <laughs> Don't stop believing is right. It is. Uh, it's awesome to have you here, and uh, we're all psyched to be able to dig in into uh, your story and share a little bit of it here as we kind of talk about the people behind the products here. And um, we're going to get into all this like hybrid technology, uh, hybrid learning technology prowess, and running your own companies, and all all that kind of cool stuff in a second. But I actually kind of wanted to start and dial it back a bit um, to not talk about your um, vocational background, but actually your upbringing. Um, so we're gonna, we're not going to get all like Oprah or Dr. Phil here, but when you think <laughs> about kind of growing up, um, you know, I, cause I'm fascinated with, cause I'm not really a, a like a tech product guy, you know? Um, and so I just, I'm fascinated with, with when uh, young people um, kind of realize what they want to do, you know? I mean, so, you know, for like, boys like me around firemen or a policeman or whatever you know how far back what's your earliest memory of 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 thinking about what you wanted to be when you grew up and 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 did you envision this you know did you envision yourself as this you know leader in 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 you know ed tech you know however you define it is this what you thought you'd be doing that's a great question, Jeff. Uh, I'll tell you, I was about three and a half, four, somewhere in that area. And uh, what I thought it wanted to be is I thought I wanted to be some sort of an interviewer or a journalist. And I started my own thing that I called with my Mickey Mouse tape recorder called the Stenographer's Notebook. And why did I call it the Stenographer's Notebook? Because my mom had a bunch of those lying around. She used to do shorthand. I saw it. <laughs> And I walked around the neighborhood and I was with my mom and I was going up to people and asking them questions about, what do you think about the weather? Can you tell me a little bit about it? Or how do you feel about, about the sky? Those kinds of silly things. And somewhere in my history, there's probably a bunch of tape recordings from that Mickey Mouse tape recorder. They're lying around with those interviews. So that's what I thought I was going to do. So a little bit of technology at the time, maybe talking to people. Uh, but, uh, I knew, I knew somehow I wanted to be involved 
in understanding the way in which people and things worked at the same time, you know, education and educating myself, even from an early age. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that education has been a, a real thread kind of throughout your life. Did you have like, you know, great teachers growing up that really kind of, kind of animated that aspect mm -hmm. of your, of yourself, that real value in, of, of education and, and kind of development? Yeah, that's that's also a great question. I you know I I actually cannot point to any great teachers uh, back when I was growing up. I, I I was a military brat, so moved around quite mm. a bit, um, and then also spent a lot of time sort of in the middle of the country, uh, different types of schools, etc. And I, I found frequently that I was the I was probably the odd the odd girl out because I was I was a I was really good at math. I was the the girl who was good at math and uh, mm. didn't necessarily always uh, lead to uh, let's say a lot, getting a lot of valentines in my my valentines bag, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so no, funny. yeah, I uh, I spent a lot of time um, thinking and and writing and and reading and dreaming and used to actually think it was quite cool to spend a, a summer day at the library. I would ask my my, my mm. mom to drop me at the library and just so I could read and learn. So I think, you know, just yeah. naturally that was just who I was. I, I, people always say, you know, curiosity killed the cat and satisfaction brought it back. And I think there's a little bit of that in me. I, I was curious, a very curious child, curious yeah. as an adult and love to learn new things. Yeah. Well, that curiosity led you to, um, I feel like, um, was it Monty Hall who did the, this is your life. Yeah. Like this, is, this is your life. But I do know that, that, that you and I share a, a, uh, a, uh, fondness and an experience through, uh, our college experience in, in liberal arts. So we both went to smaller liberal arts schools, um, which is just, I think, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a little petri dish of curiosity and it just lights up all these kind of synapses uh, or fires all these synapses in our brains that we never even knew we had. So, and I'm wondering, and I remember reading years ago um, uh, about surgeons and how, you know, these surgeons and they did, I don't know if they did a study or they're just interviewing surgeons and they found that even though, you know, these surgeons who had gone on to so much schooling, obviously very specialized, we all want them to be very specialized and you know, cutting people open and stuff, but they found that that surgeons that actually came from that had more liberal arts backgrounds. So they maybe went to, you know, they studied art history in undergrad or they studied whatever, um, you know, English, uh, that they ended up being some of the best surgeons. And so I'm wondering now that you look at what you're doing in, you know, technology and, and software and coming up with all these things at, at turning and, and prior to that and nobly and, uh, you know, um, how much of how much of your liberal arts grounding there you know can, do you attribute to the way you're developing you know these solutions today you know is there is there a connection point at all between the two yeah i think absolutely there is i think uh number 1 you know liberal arts education teaches you that you can always learn something new and you should be open to it you should be open to, to questioning and thinking and learning and exploring, right? And that's what technology is. Technology is never accepting that you've done it all. Technology is understanding there's always somebody mm -hmm. out there who's done something probably even more pushing the boundaries than you have and being okay with that. And instead of thinking that you're worried about it, it's 
wow, that's interesting. Let me let me explore that. Let me learn about it. Let me question it. Let me be curious. And liberal arts does that too. Uh, really, I, I love in mm-hmm. the liberal arts education, you get the the first two years really of your your college career to think about what it is, what it is that is your driver, what it is that you want to really explore more deeply, potentially in your junior and your senior years. And it really grounds you in those foundations and the fundamentals so that you can be prepared to pretty much tackle anything. You can tackle almost anything. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel, sometimes I like to say, I always felt like I was putting on my liberal arts Wonder Woman bracelets because when I've got those on, (laughs) you can throw anything at me, throw any acronym at me that you want and I'll be able to figure it out because I know I'm grounded in those fundamentals. So I don't think I'd be here today without that liberal arts education. I just don't. Yeah, that's cool. It's very cool. Um, all right. So let, let's, let's, let's talk brass tacks here. Let's <laughs> kind of get into kind of the, the work of the work. And, you know, you, as I mentioned in your intro and anybody who's looking at your LinkedIn profile is, is duly impressed with the, the leadership that you've, <clears throat> that you've led, um, leading leadership mm-hmm. uh, in specifically this kind of area of you know, education technology, software development, all this kind of stuff. And so I'm, I'm curious as, as, as someone who's not in that, you know, kind of development kind of zone, you know, of um, uh, uh, change. So that's, I'm eventually going to get to the question here around change. What have you seen, you know, because obviously technology, you know, kind of inherently is, is based on you know, enhancements and, and doing things better and coming out with the next, you know, kind of shiny new kind of thing. What have you seen in, in you know, leading, you know, companies like Metro Digi, Nobly, now here at Turning, what have been, let's make it a two-part question. What have been the things that you've seen change the most that even you being in, like you're in the boiler room there and even to you, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Like, this is wild. Um, so what's changed the most and then, uh, and then maybe on the converse, what are some principles that that you've actually been able to enjoy uh, the consistency of? You know what I mean? Like they've stayed the same. Mm-hmm. They're just they're 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 as true as they're as true today as they were when you started this gig. You know, however many years ago. So what changed the most? And then and then and then stay the same. Well, outside of no longer needing to type up Rolodex cards uh, at businesses, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, yeah, exactly. I actually had. I actually had, I was telling. I was telling my girls, uh, our our girls, uh, a couple nights ago. They're all in college, and we were talking about technology and stuff. My first job, and I'm not that old. My first job, I shared a computer monitor with uh, my cube mate. And it was on a lazy Susan. We actually like had to like <laughs> take turns, <laughs> and and uh, I mean, and they were just they were they were they were flummoxed. They were like, "You're kidding!" I mean, that, I might as well have told them I you know, you know, used my feet to to move my car, like Fred Flintstone. It was just crazy. So yes, no more Rolodex. No so, more Rolodex. What else? And, what, what, and I'll, I'll tell you one other thing, and then I'll get to the heart of the question. But uh, along with your lazy Susan, uh, I recall having a job where I used to, if you wanted to use anything except Helvetica, you had better take your Times New Roman <laughs> cartridge down to the printer and stand in line while everybody else put their cartridges in and out and you got to use yours to have the fancy Times New Roman. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. a lot of stuff has changed. But, you know, I think 
what I've really seen change, uh, you know, especially I'd say in the last 10 years is the, I'll be honest, the pace of change, right? The pace of change in the mm. workforce has really intensified, I'd say almost 100%. And what has been really interesting about that is we've embraced more generations in the workforce. And from my perspective, uh, when I think back, let's say to the 90s, it seemed as if there was a very hard stop of, okay, this group is entering the workforce, this group is moving on, and this group is potentially in the middle of their careers. What I've seen in the last 10 years is we've got, we've got five generations in the workforce. And what that has done to the workplace is it's made it a much more interesting place to be. And when you mm -hmm. do get to the point where the change is happening 100% faster than it was before, you can rely on peers and colleagues and the wisdom of folks who are coming from different, let's say different vantage points from their careers to help as a business get you through those changes. And it's, it's a very mm -hmm. different, almost a, I'd say, horizontal way of managing change rather than a top-down way of managing change in, in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, yeah. a great, it's a great thing. And I had somebody say to me, I'd say, say to me about four or five years ago, well, you know, Catherine, people always think change is being done to them. But what they need to think about is that you control that change. And the way that you can control the change is you work with your colleagues and your peers. So that to me is very different, this horizontal style, embrace all the mm -hmm. ideas, everything together, and do it in a very rapid way and rely on each other rather than a it's coming from the top. Uh, you need to have the one person who says mm -hmm. everything, and it's it's been it's yeah. been a very interesting uh, change. Mm -hmm. No, I agree, and it actually reminds me of my <laughs> my lazy Susan uh, cube dwelling <laughs> days. And, and yeah, there was almost a it was almost um, analogous to like like in high school where there's grades, you know, and you have upperclassmen and underclassmen, and there's mm -hmm. this sort of like. This and obviously the hierarchy. That's not any. That's not a new idea. But behaviorally, I think you're absolutely right. That we have a lot more kind of horizontal behaviors now, where there's less of that. I mean, you have to. Everyone still has to kind of earn their stripes, earn their keep, and earn their <laughs> earn their stripes, and kind of earn their place. But there's not that sort of like kind of codified. Well, how many years? Or, you know, where'd you come from, you know, or, you know, the, the, the paying of dues, I don't think is measured as much in time as it is in just contribution. You yeah, know? exactly. And you can, you can get great ideas and great collaboration and, and yeah. So that's, that's cool. That's very cool. I love that. Um, I don't know where the time goes on this thing. We, we, we always, we always end up, uh, um, just this just whizzes by so we're actually at uh, uh at the closing segment here uh the the much anticipated uh closing segment for all of our listeners out there <laughs> of the show that we like to call that we like to call turning the page okay a little uh little pun there we're not we're not we're not immune to the uh to the temptations of a good pun so turning the page is the regular part of the show for those that have been listening uh where if uh, we haven't gotten to it already we give each of our guests the chance to look into a little crystal ball of sorts uh, to see or to wish or to predict uh, the future a little bit. And so, uh, so Catherine, uh, as you turn the page to the future of 
Um, and we're going to fence it in here a little bit here. We're not going to, we're not going to make you like predict the future of like everything here, but, but specifically kind of in, you know, where turning lives, where our customers live in this zone of kind of hybrid learning, you know, um, as you turn the page and look ahead, you know, five years into that space of learning and technology and the solutions that are around it, you know, what, what's, what's different, you know, what, what do you see five years from now that, 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 that we can't, that we're not seeing yet? today. Yeah, I think I think something that's come up in the pandemic that I think uh, is going to be pervasive and something that in five years from now, I would be very hopeful that this is the future is companies like Turning and others are able to eliminate the barriers to entry to education, right? Mm. To getting mm. at that content, to being able to engage and be curious, all the things we talked about earlier in the podcast, and really be able to, regardless of where you're living in the world or, or what, what type of equipment you're working on, you're able to get in and you're able to get at that information. I think, you know, a lot of us tend to think, and myself living in the Bay Area, sometimes we might think, oh, everybody's got internet, right? Everybody can go out there, yeah. they can just log on with their phones. And we forget that not everybody does have internet, not everybody does have phones or devices or et cetera. So I think we as technology providers, we have a, a, a real obligation to help forward that approach to be able to let people get in mm -hmm. and get at the education that they need. And if we come together and maybe don't work against each other, think more about the horizontal approach I was talking mm -hmm. about within an organization, think about that with vendors, right? Turning and the way we work and the way we work with others around us can have a big impact uh, on the industry as a whole and in the future. Yeah. 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 Well, I, um, I, it cannot be said better than that. That's uh, that is great. And I want to thank you, uh, Catherine, um, for being here uh, with the, uh, uh, the steno, the steno pads, the wonder woman bracelets, <laughs> the, uh, uh, and, and everything that, that comes along with it, the cartridges with Times New Roman, you've given us a lot to, uh, to, to listen to, to learn from and, uh, and really, you know, and, and I don't, I'm, I'm prone to hyperbole, but this is not hyperbole. I think, I think what you, what you ended there is very inspiring. And I think that is actually, that's, I think why we're doing what we're doing. So thanks again for being on Turn It Up and, uh, we'll, uh, We'll, we'll catch you. We'll catch you in five years and see where we are. <laughs> after, after that wheel in the sky keeps turning. Thanks for listening. Visit us at turning.com to see how turning can turn up your hybrid learning. <laughs>